Welcome to the Six Degree Podcast, the podcast where we grill our guests about the things that make them tick and find out how human connection plays a role in their life. I'm your host, Emily Merrill. Hi, and welcome back to The Sixth Degree with Emily Merrill. I'm Emily Merrill, your host, and I am so excited to have Julia Chabotter, who I'm going to butcher her last name, on the show today. So, Julia, thank you so much for coming, and please tell me how to say your last name without feeling like a jerk. Thank you for having me. It's Chabotar. Okay, so Chevatar, not Chevatar, which I've always... I think Chevatar sounds like a really delicious cheese that you... You're like, oh, I, I picked up some cheddar, I picked up some camembert, and I picked up some ciabatta. <laughs> can do a lot I'm with glad, it. I'm glad my last name is at least food related. Which I think you is know? relevant. Your whole entire life is food related. Mm-hmm. You are. Um, that is true. The food guru. Uh, so for those of you who haven't had the pleasure of meeting meeting Julia in person, she is. she looks like she's 19 years old. Um, <laughs> And yet she's not, I I won't tell you her age, but she's one of those people that has this like very youthful presence about her. And I had the pleasure of meeting Julia back in 2017 via Instagram. 16, I think. 16, 16, you're right. 16 via Instagram. And where she graciously offered us a vegan cheese platter for an event when she worked at a restaurant called the Organic Grill. So Julia, who are you? And you know, you're not 19, it turns out, which was cool to find out. Um, but you are someone that has been in the food industry probably since you, before you were 19. Can you tell us more about your food journey? Yeah. Um, so I kind of grew up in the, in the food world, I guess. Um, grew up cooking with my grandmother and it was a big family to do. Um, and then after high school, after college, I'm sorry, I started working in a family restaurant and took it over post-college. Um, this is where I plug Organic Grill um, in the East <laughs> Which Village. Is delicious, by the way. They have, what, the world's best veggie burger, or is that just a sign you, you buy and put in the window? <laughs> <laughs> Voted one of the best bur- veggie burgers in New York City, but you know. It's like the um, elf moment when he walks by with a cup of coffee. Congratulations. <laughs> World's best coffee. <laughs> um, but the story is actually really amazing. Um, when my stepdad opened the restaurant because his mom was diagnosed with lymphoma um, and he moved her to the Berkshires to a macrobiotic vegan institute. And after being fully macro and vegan and more holistic in our diet approaches, she went into remission and she had like stage four cancer was not going to be, um, radiation was going to help and chemo wasn't going to help. So this was kind of like the last stretch effort and it worked. And she lived a few more years and in her memory, he opened the restaurant in 2000. Oh, wow. So it's kind of been... I didn't realize that. And I didn't realize it's been open since 2000. Yeah. So it's kind of been like a family run thing ever since. And uh, still going strong, even though Corona has us closed right now. But yeah. So how did you get involved in the restaurant? Did your parents welcome you with open arms? Were you like, guys, I'm going to graduate college and my goal is to take over the the restaurant? Or was it just a natural transition? Um, It was a little bit of both. I went to college on like, you know, 
uh, liberal arts degree, <laughs> had no idea what I wanted to do in life and had been doing this every weekend and every call, um, summer vacation. And my parents were like, I think this is the natural progression. Like, I think you're really good at this. We think that you should be doing this and so forth. And I kind of agreed too, cause I was really enjoying it. Um, and when I found, when I reached you a few years later, which is like seven years after that, I was kind of on the cusp of burnout. I had been working, you know, 15 hour days, no, no vacations, like constantly stressed, constantly worried about profit margins and expenses and payroll and everything under the sun. And I started going to six degree events and picking Emily's brain every five minutes that I could. And M is actually the reason that I started my private chef business. Which I want to I want to also say here, you had given yourself shingles at this point too. Yes, yes. Like the burnout was so, it was so apparent in you where not only was it manifesting itself physically within your body. And I remember you came to me and you're like, I don't ever want to work in food again. I want to have a corporate job where I have a normal life. I want to work <laughs> like nine to five. She was so desperate for nine to five. And we ended up finding you a job, yeah. a nine to five job. Which lasted at a shady app <laughs> at a very shady company, which we will not name. But how long did that last for? Maybe two and a half, three months. Until you realized. Until I realized, that, like, yeah, this is not sustainable. I can't live in a court. I can't do the corporate thing. And I've I've talked to people since then, where I realized that, like, oh my god, I've never had a corporate job. I am in my 30s and I've never had a corporate job. Like I have no idea what it's like to have to wake up every single day and go into an office. Which is amazing. And don't don't wish for one either. Oh, I know. <laughs> after, after that three-month experience, I never want to do it again. Well, I think um, that's a really good point to talk about. Like the, the grass is always greener. You know, people always want what they can't have. Just like a lot of corporate people want the independence of – having their own company or being their own bosses. Yeah. And being and like a freelancer. And being a freelancer. And now you could, like what you just said in your twenties, you were super stressed out. You were worried about profit margins at a bigger restaurant. And now you're having your own company. Uh, you don't have as much overhead managing the responsibility and the livelihood of others, but you still have to deal with, you know, where's the next paycheck coming from? Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, but it's, it's, it's much less stressful, definitely, because of there's less employees. Um, and I'm kind of my only means of failure. You know what I mean? Like, I can't blame it on anyone else. I did it. Yeah, you're the only responsibility that you have. Yeah. But I do think that um, it's interesting how you were able to pivot and take this, take this experience that you had from working at a, a restaurant, a family-owned restaurant, which you know, not only is it a, a restaurant and you're having a lot of responsibility, throw family into the mix, which, yeah. you know, I'm sure you can talk about the, <laughs> the family dynamics in general are, are hard enough when you go home for like a, a family holiday. Yeah. Or quarantined with your family, but <laughs> imagine working with them every single day as well. It's a lot. It's a lot. So then what brought you, you, you know, you tried the corporate world and I remember us talking and you then decided to become, you were also a health coach at this point as well. Yes. Yes. And I remember this was an event that we did at Satya. No, no, that was the cheese oh. plate. The event that I'm talking about was in the, 
what's that bag shop that had all like the printed um quilted style bags oh in um, soho Vera bradley yes okay so this was a vera bradley event and trisha burrock was speaking mm-hmm. about the big talk and me and her were i guess you like partnered up partnered us together or matched us together. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me about her personal training business and how she works with chefs um, to keep her clients on track. And I was like, oh, well, you know, that's something that I do. I'm a, I just kind of lied. And I was like, I'm a private chef too. I come from the restaurant world. I would love to get into something like this. And the next day she got me a client. Okay, so you faked it till you made it, basically. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you, and so with that, and that client like, is still is like me and him still talk to this day. That's amazing, and you've now had multiple like tens, twenties, hundreds of of private clients. What is it like to be a private chef for these clients? Like, I'm sure there's so much that goes into it going into someone's home. Um, can you walk us through like what a typical day is of being a private chef for one um, of these clients? Yeah. Yeah. So basically like I have one client that's every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I come in about anywhere between eight thirty and nine. I make them breakfast. I organize all the fresh produce that's come in and then I start cooking. I'll do like meal prep from nine thirty to about eleven thirty, twelve, and kind of just like cook up whatever I think they'd like. So like some clients are very particular and there's a menu and I stick to the menu but other clients that I've been with now for two plus years, I just show up and create and they just, they're completely cool with it and love it. So I do breakfast, then I meal prep, then I plate them lunch. Um, and then I clean up and leave around one thirty, and I come back the next day and I do it again. I think that's so cool. And that's like the height of luxury to me. That dream of having a private chef being like, Emily, here's your meal. I know you want to drop a few pounds. Like here's I know. the ones that's going to make sure you get to that point. See, what? for me, it's, I never want the private chef. I want the other things because like I'll, I can do the cooking. Yeah. I want the maid to do all the dishes after I've cooked. That's and then totally I want fair. the personal trainer to come over and kick my ass after I've eaten the very delicious, healthy meal that you've created. <laughs> Okay, so those are the things that you need. Aspirational vision boards right now, just sending it out to the universe. Yes. Chef for me over here, just in this direction and, and me and for, you know, personal trainer over there. I love it. I also think, um, what was the other thing that I wanted? Um, a driver would be nice. Like I, I like driving a lot, but I do believe there's this idea, like some people are meant to drive, some are meant to be driven. And I really, I agree. I enjoy, I think it's the New Yorker and me like being driven places and being able to like multitask and do stuff back. Do you know how much emailing I get done in between clients from in an Uber? Like yeah. I look forward to being able to sit in an Uber, have full service and email instead of like being in the subway and the email never going through. Yeah, no, I can I completely agree. So, okay, first world problems over there. Yes. I also had the amazing pleasure of working with a ton of celebrities, which I'm sure you are not able to be named to name firsthand. However, can you talk to us about some very weird celebrity experiences of <laughs> individuals and you won't name names of like some of the weirdest um, requests that you've had? Yeah, actually, so I can actually name the celebrities because I did not sign NDAs. So I I will say that like, one of the nicest humans I've ever worked with is definitely Ryan Seacrest. Um, he's exactly what he is like on television. And side note, 
he was on live with um, Kelly. Mm-hmm. They're they're doing a live show, but like from their homes. Yeah. And he, my mom made me watch it the other day, and I put it on. And the kitchen that he's going live in is the kitchen I cooked in. You're like, like, I've oh, been there before. <laughs> That's really cool. That must be a weird feeling. It was, but the celebrities are actually not the the, drama. the crazy requests. Yeah, it's actually the crazy like overprivileged New York City families that are just wild. I had one family that like flew me out to Florida on their yacht. Oh yeah, I remember. All they wanted me to do was cook lunch. I was not responsible for dinner. I was not responsible for anything else except I had to make celery juice in the evenings, lunch and lunch consisted of like a salad for the for the mom. And the kids and dad were like super picky eaters. So all they would eat is barbecue chicken wraps. That's so random. That's a lot of money. That seems That's a like lot a very... of money to pay for a private chef daily to make you a barbecue chicken wrap. Yeah, seriously. It seems like you can go to Trader Joe's and they have those pre-made there. So it's not that big a deal. Yeah. Or like 7-Eleven, Wawa. Like it was not like a high-end chicken wrap. It was just... <laughs> like it was a very mediocre wrap. Yeah. Time. So then from that, it's been really cool to see that you've grown, you know, your health chef, Julia, but then you've grown into many health chefs, like the health chefs. Yes. Yes. So yes. Talk to me about growing your team and going from like, I'm one person to now having a team of how many people do you have? Um, so right now I have six. Um, and the, the handle for that is at health chefs. And I realized that I was just getting it's not a bad thing to ever have this issue. Um, but I was just getting so many requests and inquiries that I couldn't keep up. And I noticed that there was a style to what I was doing that was different from others and that I could potentially monetize on that and find other chefs in New York city that do what I do or could do potentially what I do. And I see that their cooking styles are similar or their trainings were similar And I grew a team of chefs so that I could reach more people. So right now there's six girls. um, And I mean, the ultimate goal would be to expand nationwide and possibly like this is still the phase of me throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. So ultimate goal would be to have some sort of training process Mm. and training routine, formula, rules and regulations so that they're all on the same level of standards that Mm -hmm. I expect. So far, knock on wood, they have been exceptional, but I don't think that's going to be the case for everyone. So I feel like right now during quarantine might be a good time for me to put those rules and regulations into place. Yeah, I think that's a really great idea and a great I think, you know, not everyone has the uh, the opportunity to attend like a high level cooking school or institute like you did, but might have like natural skills just from being passionate about cooking. And exactly. so being able to offer this certification of sorts and being like, yeah, I graduated from the, the health institute or the uh, health chef institute. Right. I, something uh, like, yeah. Right. So that's the ultimate goal. But um, I also think that it's funny, like people, I only went to culinary school after starting things as a private chef because I've had so many years in the restaurant and then I did IIN Mm -hmm. and then I was like "Mm, I don't need culinary school and I'm so thankful and so fortunate that I did it because I've learned so many new things that I never think I would have learned if I hadn't gone and I made so many valuable 
connections and friends and just like experiences. But there are definitely chefs out there that are making a killing that never went to culinary school. So I think it's like all depends on, on the person. It's kind of like the college for people who, you know, like, do you need, or do you need a business degree like uh, to start a a company or do you need a culinary degree to start a a food business? Yeah. So many people don't have that. Are there any lessons from culinary school that you can um, impart with us that will never be at culinary school that we can (laughs) apply to our day-to-day lives? Um, Last night you talked about the sous vide for example. Oh yeah. So I told my client last night we talked about the sous vide, but then we also talked about that June oven. Oh yeah. And I sent it to my clients and they bought one because they're quarantining right now in Florida and they don't have an oven. And this is she ordered it. Yeah. Um, I guess one thing that I learned from culinary school is I didn't know that, uh, pasta water had to taste like the ocean. Oh, it's supposed to be that salty. Yes. Huh. Oh, when they're like, throw like a teaspoon of salt in there. I'm like, no, like anything that you're blanching or cooking in boiling water needs to taste like the ocean or taste like salty tears. Salty tears. (laughs) There's plenty of those over here. I'll just, I'll just lean over my next. Oh, they're ready. Greg, make me cry. Come on. I love that. Have a bunch of onions. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I make my own pasta water. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I love the fact that you um, have really built this brand and it's this brand that's super approachable to millennials. Like, um, you know, especially growing up in New York, most New Yorkers, I, I feel like they have salt in their house and that's about it. There's like very few limited ingredients. And I feel like this quarantine and, you know, COVID has forced a lot of people to take a a big look at their kitchen and be like, okay, I have to try cooking now. Yes. Do you you have any uh, advice or like, I'm sure you have some resources on your website where we can get this, but like a pantry staple list that we can look at or Um, something that we should have with us at all times? I'm going to make a note and I will create one, but I definitely think that everybody right now needs to have 10 things in their pantry because it's super easy and versatile where you can make 20 different meals with just these things. Mm -hmm. So I think everybody needs to have some sort of pasta in their cabinet. Lentils, because it's a huge source of protein. Beans, also a huge source of protein and iron. Um, Some sort of broth, Mm -hmm. like a vegetable broth or a chicken stock, something like that. Um, I'm a huge stickler on high quality salt. Like, do not, I can't stand, um, like Morton's. Okay. (laughs) I like to cook with sea salt, um, or like Himalayan sea salt or Celtic salt, but to each his own. Um, everybody should have a pepper grinder because fresh cracked black pepper really enhances the flavors of dishes and flour, eggs. I don't, I actually had to go out and buy sugar because I don't even own sugar in my house, but Sugar, I guess, and baking soda, baking soda, baking powder. Because I realized I don't have any of that. (laughs) I don't. I have baking powder, but I don't have any baking soda. I don't have soda. Yeah, but tech apparently they're very similar from what I learned in culinary school, and it it all depends on the active one ingredient. One has less, one has more, but like you can sub in either per recipe or something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just really um, want to make my banana bread and I'm like, damn it, I have to go out to the store now. This is terrible. I would just Google recipes, banana bread without okay. baking soda. Okay. 
and they'll probably give you a bunch of different recipes to do it with other things that are in your pantry. Yeah. Or I'll just make like flat banana bread. There you go. <laughs> It'll be like banana a banana crisp. Exactly. A banana crisp. Okay. So those are some great ones. But so back to like the millennials, you've done a, you have a Facebook group where you talk about, you know, some hacks and tricks about like how to even keep an avocado ripe and, um, which I love. <laughs> right. Brown paper bag is how you ripen it. Yes. Yeah. And then if you make guacamole and you don't want it to go bad, you actually put an inch of water on top of it when storing. Which is so counterintuitive. And then you just tilt it over and you... Yeah. And you dump the liquid and you mix it together and it keeps the um, guac from oxidizing. Oh, that's amazing. The oxygen can't hit it because of the water. That's like my favorite. I'm going to... I love that. I That makes me the most sad when guacamole is brown afterwards. I know. Like, it's tragic. It's literally the end of the world for me. <laughs> um, but you've also developed your yourself as the, the face of your brand. And it's, if you look at even her signature, Julia has like a little um, kind of caricature, like a Lizzie McGuire caricature of herself with a little whisk and stirring a bowl. It's so cute. Um, and you're very forward facing. Like if you follow your Instagram lives, you're interviewing other chefs, you're doing your, your, the queen of collaboration. So how has community played a role in building your personal business? So much, so much. I mean, like you, for example, six degrees, like. <laughs> and she used everyone, to be our six degree society uh, ambassador, by the way. So she went I, from like, literally, I don't know what to do with my life to like crushing it as a private chef. So <laughs> sign up ambassadors. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so my very first thing is I wanted to start this Instagram and I didn't know what to do. And I was kind of overwhelmed because everybody on social media at the time was doing like, it was food porn central at the time, mm -hmm. like the over yolky egg, the pulled cheese, the over saturated photos, or like the super glammed up photos. And I was like, okay, if I'm starting this, I need to pay for a photographer. And I was like, I'll invest in a photographer to get photos for my website and photos for social media. And that's when Diana came in, who I met also through a six degree event. And actually, I think it was my second event and her second event. I had quit the restaurant and mm -hmm. like when I I'd just gotten shingles and she was quitting her job the next first. Yep. And now she's and, a photographer full time. Yeah. Yeah. And so things like that, also like Shelby and um, Annalise, who's doing like my videography work. Like I think community is so, so important. And I think that's like what Six Degree builds. Like I have a team of girls that I can always rely on for something. Do you know what I mean? Like I, and everyone has checked in on me during quarantine. Like I am alone in a studio and we're all, all throughout New York City or the country. And Diana and me have been sharing things for like freelance um, SBA loans and, you know, unemployment and things that we all should be doing. And I just think that if I didn't have this community, I would probably go a little crazy because <laughs> I have been preventing myself from going stir crazy by collaborating with all these people and by reaching out and being m even more forward facing than I was before, because I think if I'm not I will be sad and depressed all alone. But yeah. this way, this community keeps me... Keeps you alive. Keeps you Yeah, dry. yeah. 
And it looks like you have so much coming up on the docket. Can you tell um, our audience what you have even coming up just today on your Instagram stories? This morning, I actually filmed a live with one of my chefs from culinary school. So me and Chef Olivia made um, coconut yogurt and preserved lemons, which I had never understood what to do with preserved lemons. Yeah, I don't even know how to make so, them or like what the point is of them. So last night, you know how um, uh, she was showing us how to make uh, massage kale? Mm-hmm. So Chef Olivia taught me that you take one of the preserved lemons, you chop it up really fine, and you massage your kale with that. And it oh. acts like this like fermented salty lemon dressing. Ooh. Ooh. Anyways, and how do you try what do you preserve a lemon in? It, salt, lemon juice, and peppercorns. And you just, how long does it take to preserve? A week. A week. Oh my God. This is so cool. We're all going to have so many pickles and canned I know. I also made coconut yogurt and I hate yogurt. And I put in, so it's coconut milk, kuzu or arrowroot or some sort of like starch thickener. And then you put in probiotics and you let it naturally ferment for two days and you have coconut yogurt. That's amazing. Yeah. And so then tonight, oh, sorry. That was on your Instagram story. That was on, yes. And I posted it on IGTV just like 10 minutes ago. Amazing. And then tonight is sushi making with another chef from culinary school, Chef Anne. And is it going to be real sushi or is it? I'm going to put salmon in mine because I have um, salmon in my fridge, but you could do whatever you want. But I think she's showcasing like a veg one. A veg one. That's amazing. And so I love the fact that you're taking advantage of all these platforms and these communities to teach people and give back and especially a time when like creativity is you know people are are starved for creativity they want to be creative they want to and they're also scared right they're They're like um because a lot of our community is freelancers so I wanted to reach out to I've been reaching out to like a law firm that deals with hospitality and people in the food industry and I've been doing Instagram lives with them to kind of like give out more resources and be more helpful to people who are kind of paycheck to paycheck and are struggling to pay rent and don't know where their next paycheck is coming. Kind of like me in the sense, because like right now I don't have my, I can't go to clients. I can't cook in someone's home. I can't do drop-offs. The city might be shut down for two weeks. So Mm -hmm. I'm using this online platform um, to not only connect, to make people feel safe, but to also then transform this online content into once quarantine is over into something fiscally yeah moving the needle yeah Yeah, and I and I also love that you're offering uh virtual cooking classes so you know for these New Yorkers or for the people who have kids she's doing cooking classes for kids but then also for us like I it has been on my list and I actually I've been meaning to book some with you. Sorry, we'll be booking some with you, but like how to chop properly because, you know, I'll chop an onion and Greg looks over and he's like, what have you done? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I think it's great, but I thought I was doing it the right way, but we really don't know for sure. So um, to hire a chef for like, it's, it's incredible that technology has allowed us this opportunity to be so connected and to connect in such a way. 
I was having the conversation last night with Greg. I was like, what if this had happened in the 80s? Like even getting your information, you would have to be glued to your television to figure out what is happening. Like if your state is on lockdown, we are so privileged to be having this experience in a time of Zoom. Yeah, but how would people be on, like people wouldn't be able to be in the networks, people would be filming with Corona because it wouldn't be social distancing, all the things. Yeah. Totally, totally. It would have been like a whole different thing. So I feel also very anyone who invested fortunate. in Zoom before this. Oh, like- geniuses! I'm so mad at myself. <laughs> I'm literally so mad. I just mastered breakout rooms last night, as you saw. I know and- it was great. And they're incredible. And every day I took, you know, I've done Zoom probably for the last like five years of my career, just known Zoom and worked with my clients through Zoom. But it's incredible how novel it is to so many of my friends and family members and even, you know, peers. And then simultaneously, like I thought I was an expert because I knew how to click the button and use it. And now I'm I'm like, wait, there are backgrounds you can use. You can... The, all the breakout room that you could pop into, I had no idea you I could do either. that. Yeah, there's really, if you guys don't know, there's breakout rooms. So like with Six Degrees, we do matches. And so what I was doing previously, was I was having individuals call one another and mute their uh, their videos. And then a friend of mine was like, hey, ding dong, like, do you know that there is some breakout rooms that are included in your plan and so I was able to leverage the breakout rooms and it was awesome it was so so cool and you can set a timer you can tell people to come back um it was really really sweet but yeah speaking of really cool platforms you just turned me on to tiktok which I'm so mad about because <laughs> I wasted about two hours of my life last night but it made you happy like and, it was and my head hurt I'm like do I need to learn how to dance now do I need to keep happy <laughs> like I'm very confused so tell me how you're leveraging TikTok for your business um okay so TikTok I'm not gonna lie I felt very old because <laughs> I don't even understand how snap works like I yeah. don't understand the point of snapchat so I was like oh TikTok another one of those things And then I realized I downloaded a Udemy and I downloaded a, some sort of other like online tutorial about how this is like the next platform where it's not overly saturated yet, like Instagram, that you can still go viral. Um, For example, I posted a video of a plate. I have 130,000 views. A plate? Just a plate? Just a video of a plate, of like a plate setting versus... I've been doing my Instagram page for four, three and a half years now, and I'm only at 14.5K, and I post every day, I post stories, I do I do live, I do all of these things to grow within the algorithm, but it is much more saturated. Instagram has been around for a long time, and that's why there are these macro and micro influencers on Instagram that have 200K, 3 million, all the things, because they were like the first ones on that platform Mm -hmm. and that's what all the people are saying currently to do with tiktok is to get on there quality doesn't matter the best thing about tiktok is that the algorithm and the app pushes you up the more that you do it directly in the app so it kind of eliminates that process of over filtered over perfect edited videos because if you edit out of the app and then upload it you don't get to people's um, for you page or it just something within the algorithm doesn't push you into viewership as it would if you're doing it directly in the app. So the whole point of doing it directly in the app is that it's 
not perfect. It's definitely mm-hmm. filmed on a ring light or your hand or something, but it's quick, fun, 15-second or 60-second video clips, and I'm addicted. Oh my God. And it's, I swear every single person now is like an expert dancer and like they've got the moves. I feel like essentially each person has become their own individual producer where they're like, right now they're interrupter. Like they, it doesn't take 60 seconds to make this video. It probably takes like over 60 minutes to make this video, but that it is a cool creative outlet that people are are playing with. And yes, it's, and yes, and it couldn't have come in a better time. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I got lost on puppy videos last night and like, I, I've been I getting lost on Cuomo videos. Oh I just yeah. can't get enough. <laughs> you and Chelsea Handler. It seems like everyone, <laughs> everyone, everyone and their mom is going to try and date Andrew Cuomo at the end of this. It's crazy, crazy. Well, Juliet, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Um, oh, one and, more thing. Everybody yeah. tune in May 26th for my chopped episode. Oh yes. Oh my God. We didn't even get it. I didn't, I didn't know if that was public knowledge, but yes. Yes. Julia, I can talk about it. Now. Okay. Julia is on chopped. So yes, May 26th, we have to see how she does on chopped, but I'm so excited and I can't wait to talk to you after the chopped episodes. We have to have like a follow-up. Yeah. Everything, the secrets of, of chopped, like how do you, how did you decide what to make all the things? Um, so yeah, we'll have to do a follow-up like Instagram. Yeah. Live. Yeah, else. yeah, we'll do like a Q&A. And I also, you know, self-promotion for both of us right now. Uh, Julia and I are working on putting together two events in the next few weeks. We're doing a Passover Seder next week. So I don't know when this airs, but this will be um, a Passover Seder and creating community virtually. So for all the Jews out there and non-Jews, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite traditions is hosting Seder. So having it in like a Zoom style <laughs> community, I think it will be really fun. And recipes will be provided by Julia. And then we're doing an event on cooking later in the month. So hopefully we'll see you there. But Julia, yes. for those who want to follow you. And I'll plug, I'll plug you quickly if you guys need amazing business coach help contact Emily. Thank you. Good. Here's the $10 I promised you. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. It was just free. Um, tell me how people can find you. Um, so my website is healthchefjulia.com. Instagram is healthchefjulia. I think all my social platforms are healthchefjulia. And then my team can be found on at healthchefs on Instagram amazing well we're so excited to become you know expert chefs at the end of this quarantine (laughs) you definitely have to hold some sort of competition where like what people learned or gauge what people learned oh I love that idea yeah you should do like the health chef Julia challenge and then um also I'm so excited to like learn how to cook during this I cooked steak last night people like this is huge Julia coached me on how to cook I was raised a vegetarian (laughs) it was I had to touch it and everything it was amazing so thank you so much Julia for being here and thank you for having me hearing your story (laughs) okay thank you I love you love you too bye